You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. Welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-hosts, Vanana. Hi. And Aaron Varola. This is the way. What's up, folks? Uh, it's good to see you guys again if you're looking at us. And we actually can't see you, but it's great to be back. Another week, another episode of the Fanboy Garage. We are at episode 121, right? <laughs> yep. And, um, wow, The Mandalorian keeps on beating me over the head with some goodies and some goodness uh this episode in particular was off the chain we'll talk about that we'll talk about some reboots or remakes or something related to home alone we'll, we'll figure that out as we get through it and uh wonder woman 1984 does it move does it stay does it become an hbo max thing and then of course james gunn is rallying all the troops he's thinking about bringing back sly stallone i think that's a thing but we'll start where, uh, where I said we were going to start. We're going to talk about The Mandalorian. Episode yeah. 3. What would you guys think? Well, I think for those of people who thought that last week's episode was kind of a little bit of a throwaway, uh, you can look at it now as just a palate cleanser for this episode, yeah. which delivered on just about every level, right? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Action, awesome. story, setting up a lot of the you know, intrigue of the season, right? Characters, important characters debuting or at least mentioned uh, in right. some cases. And um, yeah, I mean, this this episode was fantastic. This Stormtroopers, you yeah. know? Uh, I mean, there was so much, there was so much jammed into this episode that it went by so fast that right. when it ended, I was like, that's it. I just felt like we just started it, even yeah. though I think it clocked in at around like 30 something minutes. Yeah. I wish I wish we had a full hour of something like this because yeah. it was really awesome. I love it. I love it all. It's so good. It is so good. I um, these episodes have me like on the edge of my seat every time. Um, and like it was funny. We watched. So Jess and I watched the second episode with the spiders and she was like oh my god spiders ah! she's like freaking out and i was like yeah some creepy shit going on here and then we get into this episode and like you're talking about so here, here's the deal i was really nervous about the introduction of uh animated characters into live action so look like bo katan We've lived with her in the Clone Wars. She pops up in Rebels. So she's a, an established character. And th this was always a thing. I was like, oh, I don't know how they're going to pull this thing off. This is like a animated character. Like, how do you how do you make that transition? And they did it. And they did it right. well. Well, it helps when you. I mean, it's voiced by the same I character. I was going to say, it helps when actor. you bring in the actors that uh, yeah. voice the character, right? Um, so, but like her costume was on point. Like their costumes are top notch. It's, it's like, so dope to see that stuff, like literally move from animated version into live action. Um, and then 
the action was great. I love the the sort of moving along with uh, with the child. But I, you know, the funny thing is, is that you know what we talked about last week was arguing the fact that you know last week felt for some folks that it was a throwaway episode, right? Mm-hmm. And it was stage setting some of the pieces that kind of fall into place, right? So he doesn't have the razor razor crest, so he has to you know he he's all of these things that are happening to him in episodes are putting him in on the path to something else, and. People are like, oh, they're not moving the story enough forward with the child about getting the child back to the Jedi. But to me, this part, this episode blew open the story that I I actually totally forgot about, which is like, what the F happened to Mandalore, the planet, Mm -hmm. and this whole race of people. And they start to then, you know, then we figure out that the watch, Death Watch, had a very specific way of doing things. Uh, for Mandalorians and then you've got an, a completely different sect of Mandalorians that are o- okay with taking off their helmets and so that causes a little bit of conflict right for for our character here because he's part of whether he knew it or not he's part right. of a sect of Mandalorians that have either been misinformed they were you know following a very strict code and then there's this completely other side of you know Mandalorians that take off their helmets and this is the true ruler Right. Bo-Katan is the true ruler because at the end of Rebel, she's the one who wields the, the, the Darksaber. And where is he going to go? Is he going to stick with the code of not working, not showing his face? Or is he going to move on and, and embrace this new one um, of, of being able to take off his helmet, which is cool. And then on the flip side of that, it's like, how did Bo-Katan lose the, the Darksaber, which was like the key... I mean, that's the whole reason why this episode even exists is to kind of put that conflict into place sure. and, and really kick that thing off. But I was... You know, yeah. And, you know, a lot of wow. just to for, to let you get geeky here for a second, um, you know, that whole exactly. thing, right, with the, the children of the watch yeah. was an important piece to this character's backstory. Like we're starting <clears> to <throat> flesh this out. Right. So give a little bit of background for people who aren't familiar with that whole deal. I mean, it involves Darth Maul. Right. And yeah, uh, yeah. Get, yep. get, give people a little bit of background. So uh, so Death Watch was like a super militaristic um uh, sect of Mandalorians, they align themselves at first with the Separatists, and they align themselves with the Empire. Um, they're, I for, I'm actually, I'm totally blanking on the leader's name, but he was a descendant of the Mandalorian that uh, actually becomes a Jedi, right? He's the one who creates the Darksaber. So he uh, he leads Death Watch with Bo-Katan, actually. Um, and then they are creating all of these terrorist moments within Mandalore. Uh, Bo-Katan's sister, um, now I'm blanking on, oh, um, Satine, um, is, uh, one of the leaders of Mandalore and Maul kills her in front of Obi-Wan Kenobi, disrupts the balance of things there, right? So then Bo-Katan decides to leave Death Watch. Death Watch is still a thing, but then she aligns herself with, um, with some of the other folks in Mandalore in, in Mandalore and they fight against uh death watch. They overthrow them, but then Maul comes in, he leads death watch. It's like this whole, I mean, it's a whole Epic thing. What I would totally recommend folks uh, check out is certainly check out clone Wars. certainly check out uh, star Wars rebels um, because they do, they get really, really deep or um, there's this guy um, called his YouTube channel is called screen crush. And he does these quick little like 10, 12 minute uh, shows 
giving you some background on on some of these characters. What is Death Watch? Where is like Ahsoka Tano and all of this stuff? So he he really starts to line up all the puzzle pieces. It's a quick it's a quick watch. His name is Ryan Airy. Um, I would definitely check him out if you're interested in all that stuff. But uh, it is it's it's good stuff. When they mentioned Ahsoka Tano at the end of the episode, like I went bananas because that's the again because we're moving from animated into live action. I'm glad they kind of like teased us with Bo-Katan's appearance in, in live action form because now I'm really set to see Ahsoka Tano come to life in live action. Yeah. Um, and just to give folks, if you guys haven't watched uh, Rebels, she actually is on the search for a, for, for a lost Jedi. His name is Ezra Bridger. Um, he got lost in the unknown regions. And so um, if we find her, hopefully we'll get a little bit more of like where he is or sort of where he's been because um, every, I think everyone's are under the assumption that Luke Skywalker is the last, the last Jedi. Um, and technically they're not Jedi. I mean, like right. Sokotano is not a, not a Jedi. She left the Jedi order. And then Ezra Bridger is not part they of the Jedi order. They just practiced the force. So yeah, uh, we, we've got, we've got some force wielding people uh, that will definitely blow the lid off of this thing. But this, this episode was so badass. Fire, fire. And you know what? I I would love to see um if he embraces, you know, taking taking off his um his helmet. Um I would love to see him acting. I think that's something we haven't like we (laughs) haven't really seen yet, you know? You haven't really seen how he processes things, like how he processed that information that he was given. We haven't seen it yet. Um, in in character so that would be really interesting uh further down you know the season or episodes if he does embrace it even for a second you know and and maybe he goes back to what he was taught but if he embraces it even for a second and we can see more of like pedro pascal and just him his face and his acting i i would love to see a little bit of that i would like to think that that was part of the plan i don't know Mm. that you cast pedro pascal in this to keep him 100 percent under the helmet the whole time Right, you know, so well, maybe there's like three different versions of of uh, people that are under the helmet. So occasionally, right, under the helmet. True. And yeah. You got the the gun wielder. Then you have the stunt the stunt performer. Right. Who does all the fight scenes yeah. and stuff like that. I would say, you know, it's funny that you say that because in this episode, the one thing that struck me was how good he is at the voice, at like giving you some acting through the voice. Right. So like when he's like the child, the child, like, and you can like sense his desperation. You got to get the kid out of that thing's mouth. They bring him out and then they take his helmet off and he moved. Well, he goes like, I've been searching all over the place for you. And the moment they take their helmets off, he's like, where did you get that armor? Like, (laughs) like take that thing off. You know, like I'll kill you now. Um, I love, I love that. Um, So I'm not, I'm not so hot on, on like, I mean, it'd be cool, but I don't really care if he's, but what it also does for me, is I think when we saw when we when people were watching the first season of The Mandalorian, we were all like, oh, this must be a new thing. Like they don't show their faces anymore, right? But now that Bo Katan has established, nope, there's this specific sect of Mandalorians, these Death Watch people, kept their helmets on and we still took our helmets off. It opens up a channel for folks like Django Fett, right? And 
some of the discrediting that's happened in canon about whether or not he was a Mandalorian. Um, mm. So that changes things a little bit for me because I'm like, oh, so maybe he was a Mandalorian. Maybe maybe right. there is a little bit more to kind of unpack there about who he is because the prequels just are like, oh, the Mandalorian, blah, blah, blah. But, and then in the Clone Wars, we get something like, Oh, you know, he disgraced himself, blah, blah, blah. He's he's just a he's just a simple bounty hunter, like he's not a Mandalorian. So it's gonna be interesting mm-hmm. to hear to see if if they even, you know, use some of this uh these breadcrumbs to kind of unpack uh Django Fed and Boba sure. Fed and all of that stuff. I'm excited about that. And obviously you mentioned Ahsoka Tano. They mentioned her at the you know end of the episode. We knew she was going to be in the show this season. Rosario Dawson's right. going to be playing her. So that we know. But no, interesting because you were talking earlier about, you know, already knowing these characters through animation and mm-hmm. how is it going to translate? Well, with Katie Sackhoff having voiced, you know, Bo-Katan in previously, right, uh, in animation... Mm-hmm. Now she's playing the role in live action. So she was a part of giving that character a voice, right? So she yep. was part of the yep. development of that character as an actress. Now Rosario Dawson's coming in. She hasn't been part of that, right? Yeah. So she's yeah. playing this character for the first time. This is going to be interesting to see, you know, what the take on the character is going to be like, uh, because it is going to be a new voice, literally yep. and figuratively, right? It's going to be mm-hmm. so... That's that's going to be fascinating to see as we go along on this, and it, it's an important character. So hopefully they nail yeah. it. I mean, she's of, great. Of, so some big shoes to fill. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I forget the voice actors. Uh, the the woman who who does uh, Ahsoka Tano's voice. Mm. Um, but she's 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 like obviously she's awesome at it. Yeah, her name's uh, Ashley Eckstein. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. Eccles, but that's somebody else. Right? Yeah. Um, she has, like, it, it's interesting because when you go back and you watch some of the earlier episodes of Clone Wars, like, she's done a great job at sort of maturing the character as she's aged. Um, it's going to be interesting to your point to see what Rosario Dawson does um, with that. Obviously, she looks similar right. to the way Ahsoka Tano was animated. So I could see why that, why they would pick her. And, and, um, you know, let's let's be real here. Rosario Dawson is a geek. Like that she's she is she is the perfect person to play this role. So I'm sure. excited to see what she's Speaking does. of geeks, Sasha Banks also Oh pops yeah. Up in this episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a hardcore geek. Uh for sure. WWE superstar for those of you who don't necessarily know. Uh she doesn't uh have a huge She doesn't really part. do shit. No. But <laughs> but she's there and it's clearly her and she, you know, but uh, yeah, so it's a uh, lot of fun faces popping up. In you the, know, uh, I, I, I did not like Sasha Banks when she first came on the scene. I actually in wrestling, like in wrestling. Yeah, yeah in okay. wrestling. Um, but I have grown to respect and like her just watching her evolve as a character you know on tv week after week and her wrestling improved so much obviously from when she first started and uh i've grown to really like her um just just from her work ethic i think it just comes off the screen and you can you can feel it her character is getting better her character work you know which she had a lot of practice with on wrestling before she got on a show like the mandalorian that's huge you know because people don't usually respect wrestlers as actors right 
They're mm-hmm. like, ah, you guys are doing that stuff in the ring. Like that's not really acting, you know? And, and sometimes people are really bad at it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like like the, the skits that they have to do, sometimes the acting is terrible. So I think for her to get from a place where acting is maybe not so like, revered right to a show like the mandalorian which has so much clout um even though her character in this episode you know just played a little part but i think she did good i think she did good yeah the thing that turned me around i i kind of felt the same way as you did when i when i first saw sasha banks um but the thing that got me with her was finding out how much of like a hardcore geek she is like that immediately was like, oh, because it's very different from the character that she portrays in WWE, right? And I, because I, you never know, right? When you, the only thing you know of these people is what you see, right, on television. So not knowing, mm-hmm. like just assuming that's kind of was how she really is, was like, oh, whatever. But then when I realized she's like a complete geek, like comics and mo- you know, <laughs> she's video not games the and boss. stuff, <laughs> right? It was like, wow, this gave me a whole different perspective on it. So it was fun to watch her pop up. In this, I'm sure we're going to see her again. Oh, they! Um, I mean, they ho- they hooked everyone with like that quick little like image of her in the teaser trailer. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, Sasha Banks! And then I'm like, wait a second, you, you had like 30 seconds on the screen, and you said like four things. Yeah. Cool. All right. I'm like, and that's the thing too. They they pack so much in those trailers. It was literally the first three episodes. And the one thing I do want to say, and I don't want to miss this part was that this was Bryce Dallas Howard's second episode. And oh my God, has she matured, evolved as a director. This episode, in comparison to the last episode she directed, is like leaps and bounds better. She's so good. I was surprised when I, because I actually looked it up too, because we didn't know who was going to direct this episode, who had directed it last week. So when I looked it up, I was like, oh, wow, look at that. Bryce Dallas Howard. I was like, oh, I was, mm-hmm. like when the credits rolled and it was like Bryce Dallas Howard, I was like, <laughs> well done. Yeah, that's well right. We done. we did talk about how we didn't know who the director yeah. was yeah. for this episode last week. I love the I love the little frogs. Um, I forgot <laughs> the, the, the little tadpoles, name. those little <laughs> things. Yeah. yeah. How cute was that whole thing? And it, it like it made it into the episode and it it's it seems like it's not really a thing. It's like, all right, he got the eggs, like he got the eggs, he reunited them. Like that was the that was the plot point to get him, you know, to this planet. Yeah. But they still showed some of it and some of their relationship, and they're like, oh, like it was just so cute. Actually, we should talk a little bit about that because you know, him eating the eggs in the other episode yeah. like caused a shitstorm. It did. Oh, people were so mad about that. Like, oh my I, God, can a mom just be a mom? I'm like, whoa, it, holy shit. Like, this is a fictional character, <laughs> a little green thing eating a frog, <laughs> you know? And then I, I think um, the art, one of the art directors was like, you know, we eat eggs all the time, you know what I mean? Oh, like, did the vegans like, get involved? You know, like chickens, no. And then someone was like, but this isn't a sentient frog. I'm like, holy shit, we're really going there. Yeah. We are really well, going the, there. Thankfully, I so I was able to avoid all of that. That uh, was a mess, It's man. the beauty of I not really being on social media much. Um, thankfully, avoiding all that stuff. We We've lost all sense now when, like, we can't, literally, we cannot separate fact from fiction right we can't separate the world from fiction and entertainment and and just whatever alien species and just what any it's i mean this is these are the types of things that science fiction exists for right yeah and not only that like 
you you can have one opinion and it doesn't need to be absolutely like your like creed you know that rules your life you know what i mean if i think like you know baby yoda eating the egg is funny it doesn't mean like i'm a bad person and like so bad I hate vegans now. And like, I don't believe in like sentient beings, you know, like that's, that's like where it's gone. And it's so ridiculous, but like, it was, they, they brought it around full circle. You know, he was playing with the tadpole. He didn't eat it. You know, there was some movement there. So here's the, here's the thing. Like that little guy, he can't talk. Right. So you, we don't understand his thought process. (laughs) He's just like, he's a kid. Literally. This is my son puts chalk in his mouth. He, whatever is in front of him. He's like, and then I'm like, no, no, you don't. And then he's like, huh? Okay, yeah. I mean, that is my son. So, like, watching that stirs up, obviously, like, pleasant emotions because I'm literally prying shit out of my, I turned my head for two minutes, not even two minutes, like 30 seconds. My son's playing with Play-Doh. I'm like, oh, you got this. Turn around. And he's like, <laughs> like what are you doing? And he's like. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm digging my finger in his mouth. I'm, like, scooping Play-Doh out of his mouth for, you know, like, hours, literally, because it's, like, stuck to his teeth. Anyways, I get it. Yeah. But, again, to your point, he's starting to play with the the little tadpole, right? And he's under – now he's seeing, oh, life came from the egg. And here – like, there's this little transition, and you're seeing it in the child, right? And so – that that to me, I'm like, that, well, so that was a cool thing, right? To see him like p- finally put it together. Like there's life in those things. It's not just about food. And then the other piece too is that he's, he's articulating things to the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian understands what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. at the end, as they're walking out, he's, the child says something. He's like, no, you cannot keep it as a pet. Yes. And, then, and then they walk out and I was like, holy shit. Like, oh, they, they actually can speak to each other. Yeah. That's pretty dope. I didn't know. So that. basically cool. the, what you're saying so. is that yeah. people should. Yeah. And I uh, just. You're saying people should just not react immediately to everything and just let things play out uh, and see where it goes. Is that what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That is. <laughs> <laughs> Message mean, of the day, folks. <laughs> it's a little it's a little kid. So like you sensitive. have to you have to imbue that character with child characteristics, you yeah. know? Um and Mando Mando even tells him when he orders him the chowder, he's like like the thing like, yeah. you know, eats him in the face and he's like, Stop playing yeah, with your food. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So like clearly he has this like food thing where he's like learning about things. Yeah. So people, just not anyone that listens to us because we know you guys are all yes. amazing, but like, you know people out there in the twitter ether stop it it. pump the brakes y'all pump the brakes it's not that serious (laughs) holy cow yeah i'm like if my my kid bites me three times a day you know what i mean he's he trying to eat me probably you know what i'm saying yeah so no aaron you're a bad dad you're a bad father hey there's what it is Uh, here it is so uh, okay so we can move on from that for now of course there will be more episodes next uh, episode is the one that Carl Weathers directed, and then uh, the episode after that is uh, directed by Dave Filoni. So who he has to uh, prove himself a little too, right? He gets his, the fifth episode every season. Huh? Yeah, and his episode well, wasn't particularly. I mean, he's great. Yeah. I love Dave Filoni, but as a director, his episode wasn't. So maybe he'll uh, he'll have his uh, comeback this season. He'll have I a great so. episode. That'd be wonderful. I hope so. And I can't. And I'll be honest. I can't wait for uh, Taika. 
oh back to. yeah the taika's taika's episodes were dope deborah yep. chose uh, her episodes were so amazing. good her, her episodes were like next level yeah and that's what bryce yes. dallas howard gave us yeah exactly he just gave us a great <sighs> big axe big like, scope action i have like goosebumps yeah it's a bomb so all right so the the other big thing that happened this week is well, more speculation about Wonder Woman 84, right? So something we've been talking about forever and ever and ever. It's never going to go away. Uh, how is this movie ever coming out? And if it does, how is it going to be released? So, you know, as we know, uh, we are now in the fall, heading towards the winter. And, you know, the COVID stuff is is starting to spike again. So now you're starting to see states put in some new restrictions. And... um we we don't know what's going to be happening again, right? So Christmas Day, which is the day that this movie is supposed to be released, it's all up in the air again. We're kind of back to that. And this is why a lot of the studios moved all of their stuff to next year, just to avoid this, basically. Yep. To avoid this scenario where you have to constantly keep shifting your movie because we don't know. Things are just so unpredictable right now and, and probably will be maybe until the early spring next year. So... Uh, Bloomberg originally came out with a report. There were two reports on this. Bloomberg's report said that um, they were going to still release it in theaters December 25th, but like within two weeks, they were going to put it on HBO Max. That was Bloomberg's original report. Then Deadline came out with a story that said, well, they're still not sure. Uh, They're thinking about all different scenarios, HBO Max, uh, maybe moving the, the movie completely, maybe into June of next year. Uh, which you would think would be like a safe zone, but that would mean delaying the movie for a very long time. Um, So, I mean, we don't know anything yet other than like, you know, clearly the studio is starting to rethink uh, their strategy for this. And, you know, me being selfish, I'm one of the people that, you know, has been campaigning for this movie to to be released uh, in some form of streaming, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be HBO Max, could be video on demand, whatever. Uh, but that's just the selfish me being wanting to watch mm-hmm. this movie from my living room as quickly as possible. Um, but there's the financial end of this. And, you know, this is not, you know, this is a movie that you don't really want to experiment with, right? This is a movie that the studio would is hoping would is going to be like a billion dollar film. And, you know, in a time when uh, studios clearly can use the money to recoup all of the losses that they've had for this year. I don't know that you'd necessarily want to take a risk with a movie like this, but I don't really know what you do with it. So the HBO Max thing, I mean, HBO Max released some numbers and, um, you know, they had like 8 million plus subscribers that are um, solely HBO Max activations. There's 38 million total HBO and HBO Max subscribers in the country right now because they're they're sort of joined together, right? Because people who have an HBO subscription uh, through traditional channels, you know, TV, whatever, get access to HBO Max because there's no more HBO Go. And it's the same price, $15 a month as standalone HBO. So um, they're lumping that all together so they can use something. I mean, Disney Plus is at $73 million. Right. So mm-hmm. they, they certainly could use the bump, but I don't know that you, I don't know that it's worth losing out on, you know, it's not going to be billions of hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in profits to do that. Um, 
you know, it's interesting that the Disney had their investors call and, and uh, Bob Chapik uh, was talking about, they asked him about Mulan and they asked if, you know, he didn't release the numbers. We kind of thought they were going to release some numbers on Mulan. They didn't. They released subscriber numbers, which were all really impressive. But he said, and this is just a paraphrase, but something like, you know, we were happy with Mulan, but as you know, like a couple of weeks after the movie was released, there was a controversy and basically kind of hinted at saying like that took some of the steam away from it. But overall, that they were happy with it and so on, but didn't really commit to saying like, oh, it was a great success. Oh, it's something that we're going to do. You know, he he was very like vague about it, which I found interesting mm-hmm. and telling uh, because we were expecting them to really like say, oh, Mulan was this great success. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I I'm personally as much as I would love to see you know, Wonder Woman um, 84 be available early. I uh, To me, the whole thing of releasing it in theaters on Christmas Day and then putting it on HBO Max in a couple weeks makes no stupid. sense. I don't know why you would do that. Um, that seems like desperation. Um, but I don't know. I mean, so I, what do you think? They move it to June? Man, I, that's rough. You know, they have to move this movie to June, especially now knowing like, all of the movies from this year seemingly have been pumped, pushed to next year. So it's going to be a crowded year next year. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I, I still think the best route to go for this would be a video on demand, like a premium video on demand release. Let people buy it at home. Charge 30 bucks for it if you want, right? Charge mm-hmm. 25, 30, whatever, whatever you want to charge for it. Um, as much as you think you're going to need to charge to get that money back and, and hope for the best. And then, but I, you know, I don't know. I mean, financially, does it make the most sense to hold it off until June of next year and release it in theaters when the world may be back to somewhat normal? Probably, but we don't know what still, the world looks isn't. like in June of next year. That's the thing, yeah. right? So we're back yeah. to this, we, you know, let's put everything aside for a second, vaccines and what we did. Th- the fact of the matter is nobody here can tell you what June of next year is going to look like. And I'm not even talking about COVID. I'm just talking about in general, right? These theaters that have lost tons of money, uh, the willingness of people to, or the fact that people have now spent an entire year not going to movies, watching movies at home. Like we don't know what the appetite for the audience is going to be. <laughs> Look at this, Aaron makes his mic disappear. Too much fun it's like, that. it's distracting the shit out of me. It's like, <laughs> look what I can do. Want to see a magic trick? Yeah. How about a magic trick? Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we don't know what the world's going to look like in June of next year. We don't know what the market is going to look like in June of next year. And I, I do think there's a, it is a risk assuming that everything is going to be perfect and everything is going to be back to normal. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a perfect answer for this, but I do think they have to make a decision and stick with it at some point, whatever that is. All right. Well, who, Aaron, you want to take it? I was like, it's it's Warner Brothers. I mean, they did they did this uh, game of chicken with Tenant. We saw how that kind of shook out. Right. Look, the idea that movies are going to get that kind of attention at Avengers. Which is really the, the the last blockbuster that we've had, uh, and and I'm not seeing that Wonder Woman did not have the potential, but it is a very different world now, and people just even if 
there's a vaccine, even if all of these things could the stars align, like there are some people are scared they're they're not gonna go you're not gonna get all of those people and then you're talking about repeat viewings and all that shit like that's not happening anymore so i think they should have they should have made this decision like months ago when they moved their entire slate and moved you know black adam off and moved the batman back you know to whatever the hell 2028 i don't even remember but like they should have moved wonder woman they shouldn't even have thought that by december things were going to be normal because e- again, even if they were, it's a different world. Yeah. It, it wasn't, it wasn't going to be a reality. Right. right? Yeah. So, so I think, I think two things. I don't think, I don't mind the HBO max idea, but to your point under a premium model, which I think HBO max should absolutely be thinking of and should be doing, they can charge $30 yeah. and I'm guaranteeing that they would bank like wonder yeah. woman. 84 is Definitely not a Mulan. It's like up here, way up here. Sure. That's a, that's a first blockbuster latest bank if they were to do the premium model on HBO Max. Mm. Moving it to June, sure, that's fine. But then I feel like, to again, you said it, Chris, I feel like we're going to get into the similar territory. It's going to be a busy year. I'm going to have to pick and choose my movies again. I'm gonna be like, well, how much do I want to go to the movie theaters? Like, I don't want to live in the theater. Because that's how it's gonna. That's how it's feeling. That's what twenty twenty one is feeling like. It's like April is gonna happen in twenty twenty one. It's gonna be like movie, 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 movie. Like just they're gonna stack it, and I don't. It's we're not gonna be there. We're not gonna get there. It's just no. not gonna happen. I mean, Warner Brothers yeah. has they've chosen to chase this, right? They did it with Tenant. They're doing it with Wonder Woman. They they tried to time <laughs> everything out so perfectly so that they could have a big movie out. When and in the case of Tenant, when theaters reopen, right? When theaters reopen, and now in the case of Wonder Woman, it was going to be, oh well, we're going to be the only thing out Christmas Day, and that by then, theaters will be open in all the markets, and it's going to be a bonanza. And you know, here we go again. You can't, yeah. you can't do it. I mean, you also have cities, you know, right now in the United States, starting lockdown measures, yeah. you know, like Chicago has a stay at home order for 30 days, mm-hmm. you know, um, Oregon and uh, some some other states have also started to implement yep. lockdown measures. And, you know, like once some cities do it because of the cases that are rising, more cities are going to do it. So, you know, we we are on the tails of December. And if there are multiple cities and states in a lockdown right and then once we have a new president who might even throw us into a national lockdown for four to six weeks like the entire country i mean forget about your films you know um i i agree with you aaron i think i think they should do the premium model on hbo max do it streaming charge that thirty dollars you're going to get people who will buy it. And I I think right now the HBO max model is kind of confusing to some people because they're like, is it HBO? Like I think the name is that platform. Mm. And I think that's why you're not seeing the number of subscribers that maybe they might've hoped, you know, from that, uh, Chris, I think you said it was like 37 million. Was it? What's that? Like overall, like 37 million um, HBO, like overall subscribers. Oh, 30 for HBO million. Max, yeah. it was like, what, 800,000? It was 8 million uh, new act, eight, um, HBO Max activations and 38 million total HBO and HBO Max subscribers. 
Right. So I just, I find that even from the beginning when it was released, it was like kind of confusing to me. I was like, what is it now? Um, if you release Wonder Woman, people are just going to like search, like, where can I buy it? Where can yep. like Google, where can yeah. I buy it? Where can I watch it? And then they're going to sign up mm-hmm. for it, no matter what it is. They're not going to decide, oh, is this like something that I want? They're going to be like, no, 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 give me, give me, give me. Yeah. And and then they can retain some sort of audience and some sort of customer base that way. Stack that um, shit right before they drop the Snyder. Yeah. Exactly. Well, who exactly. knows when the hell that's going to be? But what I'm saying, well, right, you, get, yeah. you get a couple of bites of the apple there, and it leaves them an opportunity. If they were to use Wonder Woman 84 as the launching point for their premiere access, right? Mm-hmm. Then who's to say that they wouldn't throw Zack Snyder's Justice League under that and go, "Oh, you're going to have to pay for four like four movies." Hey, I'd do it. I'll do it. I swear to God, yeah. you told me no. Like, you you can pay. Either for the whole, you'll get like a twenty five ninety nine for you know, the four, or you can do each part, you know, parse it all out, which no one will ever do. Or but. you get like five dollars off yeah. uh, the Snyder Cut when you're I'm buying it. You, like if they, bundle if they it were up. to do it, if they were to do it, they'd make so much money, and yeah. I think I don't the think subscribers they will though. Go through the roof. Yeah, I don't think they will. Only because I think that no, they they're looking at at least in the Snyder out. Cut case, they're looking at that to drive subscriptions because you you have to have that as well. Um, you know, Disney, let's, let's forget. I mean, Disney has only done this once, right? They did it with right. just Mulan. Everything else they're doing, they're putting up straight on to Disney Plus. So, yeah, yeah it's not well, like not they're just doing it's it. Sur- well, right, for a subscription. Also, just, you know, the other thing, too, is so a lot of, like, what these cities are doing, like Chicago, or they're like advisories, right? So they're not stay-at-home orders like we were under in the fall where, like, you have to. It's like, well, we recommend that you don't go out. We recommend that you don't do this, mm. but... The fact is, if things are going to get shut down, things like movie theaters will be one of the first oh, things that get shut uh, absolutely. down. Absolutely. Like, just like they were one of the last things to reopen, right? Because they're just not essential. And, right. you know, so that's the risk. As things start to get bad again, if actual, like, lockdowns start to go into effect, you you have to think movie theaters are going to be the things that yep. get shut down before because they're going to do it in stages. They're not going to want to do anything dramatic, right? Like like we had to do in the beginning of this year. Um, so they're going to try to do it strategically. But movie theaters are are certainly the first to go, uh, you know, on the yeah. chopping block, and that's why I just think it's risky. And I I don't, I mean, look. They, you know, there's people that make a lot more money than I do that are sitting there trying to make these decisions, right? That are trying to figure out what's mm-hmm. the best move with this. So I just feel, mm-hmm. and again, it's not even putting my selfishness and, and desire to want to watch it at home aside. From a business sense, I, I think at this point, you have everybody hyped for this movie. Right around Christmas time, people are going to be home, you know, I I think it's a great opportunity to have this available, charge people 30 bucks for it, let them watch it at home. People will be off, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you got the holidays coming up. In some cases, people are off for like, you know, Christmas through the new year. So people will be home. People yeah, yeah. will be with, you know, may or may not be with family. And, um, you know, it is a great opportunity to to try it out. Because you know, you're. I think I think it's the way to go. 
for me. And mm-hmm. then if, you know, listen, it, it I think they're going to make money on it. You're also not having to worry about theater splits and things like that, right? right? So you got that <clears throat> to consider. And if it works, you've now opened up a new avenue uh, for things. Not every movie is going to be able to do it, but eventually, you know, you are going to have to try to, I mean, this is going to be the future, right, of film. So if, if theaters are going to eventually be a thing of the past or going to take on a little bit of different role in how we view movies, <laughs> then... Yeah, then I, I do think you have to find out what the potential is, um, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, I just, see, uh, the tough. the selfish part of me, Chris, is c- complete opposite. I want, I don't want the movie theaters to go away, you know. And I feel like, like it's just like they're just nailing that coffin shut. And I almost, I almost feel like it would be a Christmas miracle, you know, if Wonder Woman was like in theaters and we all went to see it and there was like no worries in the world, but that's not the reality that we live in. You know, there's, that's gone. I, I, I think the new normal, you know, that everyone is saying, I think it's here to stay for years and I don't, I even think the films that they have slated for next year, that's also not a sure shot, yeah. you know? So, yeah. If things, you know, if things start to slip yeah. into dangerous territory again with the lockdowns and, you know, the continued advisories, like studios are just going to have to really think about their streaming services as the next the next thing right well, it's just gonna yeah. push them which further they are i mean disney even said it right that transformation yeah. disney came yeah. out and said that i know like, i know, I know. and that's the thing i mean they're they're yeah. not playing fool yeah and the, you know the thing is though we also have to think about let's just fast forward to june right as best as we can uh it's not even so much about to me again i i said this before it's not even so much about covid or any of that vaccine no vaccine what the for me it's about what has changed this year right mm-hmm. and and how has it changed the whole way that we watch and experience movies so we've already seen studios like universal right strike a deal right, right with amc where like the window for those um movies to be um available on video on demand is going to be like 14 days or something from the release. So like what is by next June are a lot of studios going to have deals like this as theater chains struggle. Maybe some of, you know, they have to start closing theaters, right? Uh, Because not every, you know, the recovery from this is going to be difficult. And, uh, you know, so I think it's not even just about that. It's just what, what is the world going to be like now after having gone through this Mm -hmm. and, if you let's just say in June of next year, a lot of the studios have deals like that where it's like, well, we'll release it in theaters and then two weeks later it'll be available on video on demand. I, I feel almost like you kind of like you would have been better off doing that now with Wonder Woman yeah. than having yeah. waiting all the way to June. Now you have a lot of competition. Now you have, you know. Uh, you know, all these different things, people's mindsets are different, all this stuff, you know, out of sight, out of mind, all of that. And it's like you had the, and you wind up having to do a similar model anyway, just because that's the way the business has shifted. Right. When you have an opportunity to do it now, when you're the only game in town, you're the biggest game in town, it's in a perfect time and you can set the tone for all of that. I mean, I, you know, we, we don't want to see theaters go out of business, but, you know, I, I almost feel like 
chasing the traditional model of movies coming out at like we've had is kind of like trying to chase these release dates, right? Yeah. Like the studios have. It's like you're fighting a losing battle in some ways. Like the change is going to happen. Just like the change. Like I didn't want to see a day where like physical music media was not a thing anymore. But after a while, like you fight the, the record industry fought it so much that they put themselves out of business. Basically, they mm-hmm. spent more money fighting streaming music than they did trying to figure out how to make money of it. And now, you know, we have there is no physical media anymore for that. So it's like, don't fight the inevitable. Try to figure out how you can, you know, work mm-hmm. in the new world. And um, and I just think COVID maybe has accelerated that like. They said, like Disney said, COVID, this was always going to be our future. It's just this has accelerated that plan now. Well, mm-hmm. I think Warner yeah. Brothers might want to probably take that same, uh, take that advice and start to think that way as well. At the very least, they should certainly be exploring the Bill and Ted route where they yeah. <clears throat> release a movie where they can. Sure. And this is a much bigger movie than Bill and Ted is. Right. And yeah. then same day do, you know, the, the VOD. Right. That's yeah. Funny. Luckily, you know, luckily this movie already has its like audience built in it. Yeah. You know, it's not like Bill and Ted. You're you have a certain demographic, you know, the right. nostalgia aspect and people have to find it and, and maybe come across it. It's like, no, this is Wonder Woman 84. Like it yeah. is. In, it is anticipated. Your your people are just waiting, you know, so we'll see what yeah. happens. That shit better be good. That's all I'm saying. We're <laughs> right? waiting all this time. And that, that shit better be so good yeah. because I'll tell you something. If if DC delivers a turd with Wonder Woman eighty four, I'm done. I'll be honest with you. I done. I almost feel like if if the movie comes out somehow where I can watch it right on you know Christmas week whatever, um, I almost feel like they're not gonna have to try very hard to win me over. Because I just want to be able to watch the movie and have fun. Like, after all this time, like, this is kind of the movie that I need right now in my life. So I'm going to judge this on... of, like, superhero I'm going to judge... For so long. Not only that, but just, you know, life, right, in 2020. (laughs) So I'm going to judge this on such a... A, like a scale like I've probably never judged a movie before like it's it's like having not having eaten for like two months and all of a sudden like the first meal you have it doesn't matter what it is right? it's gonna be a piece of shit and then we're gonna be like oh my god it was so amazing it's like <laughs> when you eat a piece of cake after not having sugar for so long you're yeah. like oh, who cares this is I, yeah. so good. and then you're like this tastes like shit because you got diarrhea later oh no the yeah. bar the bar <laughs> that I think very low what really for Wonder Woman? Well, for Chris. Oh. Well, it's not that I've Chris set the bar is- low. Like I, I, I mean, I love one the first Wonder Woman, and I, I have high expectations for the movie creatively. But I just like I'm just ready for it. Like it, it's it would have to be film. it would have to be like you know like X Men Apocalypse or like you know bad for me to be like ugh. No, I didn't feel I I can't imagine, you know, it's just going to I feel like it's just the right movie at the right time, which is another reason why I kind of would like to see it come out now as opposed to next summer when you're going to have a thousand movies just like it coming out like all and we're going to we're going to forget about it. Uh, maybe not. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll be. No, we're gonna. We're again. gonna forget. Uh, trust me. We're like. Yeah. We're gonna get to a point where it's just gonna be like blockbuster, blockbuster. Film, oh sure. Blockbuster film, yeah. And then absolutely. it's gonna be like, oh yeah, wonder. Oh yeah, Wonder Woman eighty four is coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. No. I don't know. Well, we'll see. But, but maybe. We'll... Yeah. So what is coming, you know, Aaron, now, every once in a while, so we'll, we'll, we text each other just to say, hey, boy, you know, what are we... What are the things for this week, right? Like, what are we going to be talking about? So we nice coffee looks so good. <laughs> we hit some. Uh, we hit some points, and Aaron threw out Home Alone remake. So I didn't realize. Like, I was like, "Wait, Home Alone remake? Okay, let me check this out." So I, I do this Google search, and it sent me down a rabbit hole. <laughs> because I, when you t- when you Google Home Alone remake right now, what comes up is actually articles about how Ryan Reynolds. Uh, in 2018 came has been since 2018 has been pitching this idea of doing a home alone reboot called stoned alone uh, where it's like a bunch of stoners like in the house and it's like going to be like a comedy spoof R rated though an R rated comedy uh, uh, and I'm like wait this this can't be what he was talking wait I, what? <laughs> what is happening why and no and then it happens to mention at the end of any of these articles that oh and by the way there's an actual home alone remake which i do now remember talking about at one point that's going to be on disney plus with ellie kemper and um you know a couple other people uh in there is a new kid uh, archie i think something or I forget what his name is, but Archie uh, Yates. Archie Yates. There you go. He's going to play the Macaulay Culkin role, and uh, so that's a thing, and that's kind of what I thought you were talking about. But it was like yeah. that Ryan Reynolds thing, which has been getting a lot of attention, uh, apparently, kind of really threw me for a loop. I, I assume that's not what you were talking about. No, 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 no. I mean, and let let's be uh, totally, totally honest here. Ryan Reynolds doesn't make any good films unless they're Deadpool films, like. He he strikes out. So like him touching a movie that, that is I would not inaccurate find, when you really think about it. It that's true, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like yeah. If you actually. He, think I mean, he that, hasn't really done anything that was like, oh my god. He's actually made some horribly bad films. Yeah, uh, like yeah. I, know, I mean, he's had he's had quite a quite a, a bad luck streak. Yeah. Um. So him kind of picking up the this is going to sound really bad, but like the Seth Rogen, you know, Pineapple Express type stoner film just sounds you should have made that in 2014 bro um and if you're trying to do it now like you're kind of done because it's legal. well yeah, and to be fair he's been pitching it apparently since 2018 what whatever bro good luck well yeah. he it took him 10 years for deadpool right so i know and that, 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 that's an awesome that's an awesome film both of them are great and that's that's awesome, but and that's pretty much it for his career. <laughs> you have you have another eight years to go, Ryan. Yeah. So I I think the concept is really funny, and I can't stop giggling because I'm just like imagining him like stone in the house while like people are trying to break in. I don't know. I think I think it's kind of cool. If I was a producer <laughs> or an investor, I'd give him my money. There you go, and you'd lose it all in it. Oh. Um, so what yeah. were you going to talk about? No, I was going home for the home alone. for the other Home Alone one because uh, I so I remember we talked about it because it was a rumor, but I didn't know they had cast people and it was like actually still a thing. Oh yeah, hmm. uh, apparently so people are like on fire, upset, pitchforks, and everything. So you know, um, I have a film that I produced like years ago because independent filmmaking takes a while mm-hmm. um but it's like gonna come out next year <laughs> it's been pushed to 2021 as well <laughs> 
But there our, goes your competition, Wonder Woman. I know our kid in the movie. He was actually um, he. I don't know how far he got, but they actually flew him out to meet the director, Dan Mazer. Oh, the kid in our movie. That's so, so cool. So proud of him. I just want to shout him out. His name is Maximo Macefield, and he is amazing. Awesome. But I thought, but they, I you didn't get the gig, Maximo. The gig. He he looks like a young Macaulay Culkin. You know, like he has the blonde hair. Like he looks like. Does that? yeah like he right exactly he looks like that kid um but they totally went a different direction with archie yates you know he's like a chubbier kid he has glasses he has like dark hair so they're going a totally different direction with this movie um and uh, i am so scared about this film i know and i know some of the producers of uh of home alone the original like chris columbus is like slamming disney for it Uh, yeah dude i agree with you you don't touch home like first of all i just watched them my 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 little girl is all over home alone now. love those movies. like loves it and they're they, they still hold up even the second one second one is like you know it, it was one of those films where and they and you saw this during that that era where first movie's a a, a hit and then they're like, okay, what's the formula for how we made this so successful? Okay, we're just gonna we're gonna replicate that and just put them in a new city. You know, so they, they they've done that, they did that, and and you know, Lost in New York is a fine, fine part of the of mm-hmm. the establishment. But they try to reboot this thing like three times. Did no. you know that there's five other there's five home alone movies? Did you know this? Yeah, they made TV um yeah. movies oh, no. too. Yeah, there's five of yeah. them. It's like the Revenge of the Nerds movies. There's like five of those. Oh too. god, yeah, uh, those are yeah, those are real bad. Um, yeah, I paradise though. <laughs> That's the second one. That was in theaters. Though. That's a damn good movie right there. Um, <laughs> Keenan Thompson is in it. Yeah. Wow. So what? What ah. Chris Columbus actually said was, um, he said if, you, so he's talking about remakes, and uh, he said if you're making a comedy, a musical, no matter what film I'm making, my goal is to treat it with the same respect as if I was making The Godfather. Home Alone is not The Godfather, but you have to treat it with that kind of respect. And this idea of remaking things that already exist are working well and are working well. Watch the original. Forget about it. It's just never going to be as good. He said he's a firm believer that you don't remake films that have had the longevity of Home Alone. You're not going to create lightning in a bottle again. It's just not going to happen. So why do it? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Like exactly. That movie is so iconic in people's like brain and heart. Okay, ch- steal the concept. You know what I mean? Make it a little different, but go call it something else. Don't put it under the mantle yeah. of Home Alone. You know, like like take the idea and have this kid be the star of it. You know, yeah. but name it something different. Yeah. I mean, there are times um, when a remake can be effective, right? If if you're remaking like an older film, then you know, like what John Carpenter did with The Thing, right? Yeah, he took a movie yeah, from yeah, the yeah. '50s and when it had a limited budget, you know, and stuff like that. And he he took the actual that was based on a story. He his movie wound up being more faithful to the original story, right? That was disregarded by the film, the the original, The Thing from Another World in the '50s. You know, those types of things you can remake, um, you know, a movie right. that came out many, you know, where maybe it was based on a book or a story and it, the, the verse version wasn't particularly faithful to it. Right. And went in a very right. different direction. You can like do remakes. witches. Yeah. You could do remakes. Not saying that that's good, but that's yeah, stuff good. like that. Right. 
But to remake a movie that, like I had said this when, uh, when they announced that Rob Zombie was going to be making a remake of Halloween, right? Because I was like, come on, man. The original Halloween is one of my favorite movies of all time. I yeah. thought it was a perfect film, right? It's a perfect film for what it, it, it is. There's, there was nothing more or you were going to be able to do with that. And, you know, sure enough, you know, he winds up releasing his remake where he had to expand on the story and that made it worse mm-hmm. and all that. And that's neither here nor there. I mean, like, I'll never forget Gus Van Zandt made that shot for shot remake of Psycho, like nearly shot for shot with Vince Vaughn. I was like, well, what was the point of that? Like that, like those mm-hmm. types of things just really don't make any sense. But yeah, I mean, what are you going to do with Home Alone? Other than have a new kid and make it, I mean, it's not even a, it like the timelessness of it doesn't even matter because it's like, what are you going to update? Like, it's really not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and the thing is, it's like the chemistry of that cast, just the, so one, that was, that's Macaulay Culkin's claim to fame, right? Like, right. That's the thing that just put him in the stratosphere. Like, that's all he is known for. So you can't recreate that for any kid. And That's he's in it. He's in it. He, wait, he's in the Home Alone movie? He's listed as a cast member. This is the stupidest thing in the world. <laughs> this is the stupidest. It was he going to play Kevin McAllister? Like, oh, hey, kid, when I was your age, I... Yeah, he pretty might. much. What? What? Macaulay, well, you don't need the money, bro. I heard you on Joe Rogan a year ago. You were talking about how you would live in Paris and you were... What are you doing, man? What are you... What are you doing, bro? No, 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 yeah. man. So uh, yeah. bad. Anyways, so, Joe Pesci, you can't do you can't do that. You can't do Joe Pesci, Dan, Daniel Stern. You can't do, redo those guys. Right. They're perfect. There you go. You know, speaking of rabbit holes, by the way. What the F, man? By, wait, now. Oh, boy. There you go. The mic's. You're so hard on it. I'm, I'm right really going to make it disappear. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, these rabbit holes, damn you, Aaron, you know, now you had me looking up Ryan Reynolds filmography, trying to find any good movies on trash, it. trash, no, no, smoking but, aces. No, great forget. Movie. Yeah. Trash. Smoking great aces movie. is like one of the few standouts and obviously the dimples, but you got me now. Did you, <laughs> there's actually a sequel coming out to the Hitman's bodyguard. I heard about that. The Hitman's wife's bodyguard. Oh boy. Here it is. There we go. Yeah, starring Ryan Great. Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, Salma Hayek, Frank Grillo, Richard E. Grant, Antonio Banderas, and Morgan Freeman. Mm. Coming oh, out boy. August of next year. Sure it is. So see, these are the things <laughs> that you learn when... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, he just strikes out, man. I mean, like, he's great when he's... It's not... Like, he's not headlining it. You know what I mean? Like when he popped up in in Hobbs and Shaw, I was like, "Oh, cool! It's Ryan Reynolds. Like you're just being you. That's cool." Um, and I think that's the I think that's the problem with him and his career. It's him, right? You know, it's he's just, one of those. Ryan Reynolds is being played, Ryan Reynolds. Like yeah. Ben Stiller was always being Ben Stiller in like right. these movies, and you're like, "Oh, that's cool." Until you're like in the third one, you're like, "Dude, what? I'm tired of you, bro? Yeah, go yeah. away." You know, but but like it, the and that's the thing. Like in the movies that I really like about uh, it, uh, you know with Ryan Reynolds, it's in the movies where he's not typecasting himself. Like Smoking Aces is not. <clears throat> first of all, that's a brilliant film in general, and he is very different in that movie. Like at the end of that film, I I felt his rage, I felt his pain. I was like, that's awesome. 
he did an indie film called Buried, where he's you know he's like a I think like an oil worker or whatever in the in in the uh, Middle East, and he gets captured and he finds himself buried in a coffin, and the entire film is of like him trying to navigate himself in this coffin trying to get someone to help him and dig him out only if well i'm not gonna spoil the end of the movie but oh. it's a it's a dope movie and yeah i like it it's good yeah uh then deadpool i mean again that's the best right. of ryan reynolds being ryan reynolds that's not gonna get any better than that no yeah and speaking of weird uh before we get out of here um marvel studios wandavision uh the original series on disney plus has a release date now january 15th so awesome yeah, I'm I'm so ready for this. I'm so ready for WandaVision. Like, it's not even funny. I've been buying comic books, preparing for its success, because I'm like, this is going to make me some money. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. Going to get that. <laughs> going to get that. There you yeah. go. So, yeah, Wanda, WandaVision is, um, I, I, I am, uh, I'm very curious to see what, what it does, because I know we were going... Originally, we were going all, you know, um, not galactic, what cosmic, cosmic. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going all. We were supposed to go all cosmic in this next phase, and it feels like we're going somewhere completely different. And um, and Wanda and Vision are the sort of catalyst to all of that, which includes Doctor Strange, which now may include Spider Man and his universe and it's just going to do some weird shit to the MCU. And I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I really am excited about that and super curious for how it all plays out. Yeah. Because for it to take place on the show again, it one, it says how important Marvel feels about this format, right? They're streaming. Yep. Um, But two, you know, to Feige's truth, we're going to have to pay special attention to the shows in terms of like what it means for the movies. Yeah. Hopefully not too much, but hopefully you'll be able to catch up and even without it, but uh, sticking with uh, So Aaron's next favorite show, uh, peacemaker on HBO max is, uh, Oh yeah. Still don't fade. I'm sorry. Peace. I was like, peacemaker. (laughs) George Clooney shooting a show. What? They, uh, (laughs) they added Chris Conrad, Jennifer Holland, Robert Patrick of, um, Terminator 2 fame uh, to the cast of that. And uh, also there was, I saw a thing that um, are they hinting that, or did they say that Sylvester Stallone is going to have a role of some kind in the suicide squad? Yeah. It's already confirmed. Yeah. James Gunn posted that. Yeah. I saw he posted the picture. We don't know who yet though. Right. We don't know who yet, but Stallone, like, I think he posted on his Instagram, some sort of like, thank you for having him and stuff like that. So I love you, man. I love James Gunn. Like, I just love his camaraderie with all of the actors he works with. Like, that, you know, you, you we, we get glimpses of that. Like, you know, uh, Scorsese with, with DiCaprio and uh, Tom Hardy and Joseph Gordon-Levitt with Christopher Nolan and a whole bunch of, you know, some of those, like, pot, you know, they really enjoy working with a director and, like, Everybody that works with James Gunn seems to pop up in another James Gunn film, which I think mm-hmm. is just, that's so dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. He just seems like he also open his his creative style too lends itself to that. Like the little cameo by a really well known actor is like yep. that's become one of his things, right? So yeah. you almost expect it. Yeah. Yep. 
I mean, the Mandalorian's doing it too, which is awesome. Sure. Yeah. But that's just because it's Star Wars and it gives people an opportunity to, um, because like, think about it, like how often would you have an opportunity to pop up in, you know, it's one thing to do like an episode of a television show. It's another thing to have to like have a role in a movie. Like it's so much easier to just pop into like this episode of this TV show and, (laughs) you know, it's like, you don't, you don't have to worry about like it. You could even have a role because you can actually have like a, a real role, right? You know, in that episode, it doesn't necessarily have to mean anything for the bigger picture of the story. But as opposed to like in a movie, you kind of either like you're either going to have a cameo or like a very, very small role or you're going to be one of the like main characters. So, yeah, I think it's a perfect forum for like famous geeks to be able to pop up Mm. and uh, live out their dreams. So I mean, most Sometimes it works, and yeah. sometimes it's a little jarring. Like Bill Burr and his <laughs> Massachusetts Boston accent in space. That's a little weird. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. that was, <laughs> you're supposed to cool, pretend, though. Aaron. That's cool as shit, though. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to pretend yeah, right. like that's not a that's not a Massachusetts. <laughs> like, if you don't know, right, that that's a New England accent. That shit then. is so thick. <laughs> So yeah. thick. Yeah. Oh, you guys going to shoot some stormtroopers? I'm like, what, what are you right. doing, man? Hey, listen. Bill Burr, and Carrie Fisher was trying to be British for half a minute in, yes. in A New Hope, oh, right? So, I mean, yeah, th- there's yeah, no yeah. real, like, distinct, hey. like, uh, uh, accent that's associated with Star it's... Wars, right? How about Jimmy Jimmy O'Feelin? Who? O'Feelin? Oliphant? We saw him, no, from... Who? From Sons of Anarchy. Oh my God! I'm sorry. He, he was the yes. Imperial uh, general. Uh, oh no, no, no! That's uh, what's his name? Um, Titus. Uh, Titus Welliver. Titus Pauliver. Welliver. That, that's the Welliver. actor's name. Yeah, he's yeah, from yeah, Bosch, yeah. and he was on. Well, he's pretty. He's great. I he's like, all over the place. We, you know, we were watching the episode earlier today, and I was like, "That's Jimmy O'Feelan," but he doesn't have his accent, and I wonder if he's—is uh, he a Irish actor? No, he's a New Yorker, I think. Oh, then he did a fantastic job with that accent. Yeah, I think he's—he's uh, he's a New Yorker, uh, and then, um, and then uh, obviously uh, Giancarlo, Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito pops up for a hot second. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then that's so you, saw, cool. you saw my tweet. And I was like, I'm sitting there watching old school Sesame Street with my son. I saw that. And he follows me. And I'm like, that camp counselor looks kind of familiar. I'm like, that's John Carlos Vizito. What the heck is that? I'm like, that's Gus Fring as like a, a teenager in, in Sesame Street. What the F? <laughs> yep. Crazy. Got to start somewhere. Old school Sesame, Sesame Street. Street, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, I like the throwback stuff, man. I don't know what it is. My my son was like, you know, because there was no Elmo, right? Back then, yeah, we didn't grow up with Elmo. Like that, that Elmo, no. and I find Elmo like the most annoying little yeah. red thing in the world. Yeah, I cannot stand him. Um, because like Big Bird is my like Grover, Big Bird, like those sure. are my Cookie guys. Monster. Yeah, you know Oscar the Grouch. Right, that's where perfect. is he now? Where are those guys yeah. now? They're like. In retirement, are they? I haven't. I mean, because there is a new Sesame Street, right? That's on. Um... Yeah, there, there, there is. I mean, Big Bird pops up occasionally. 
So it's all it's new like, Muppets. It's like new, you know, new. It's like Elmo and like some fairy, and I don't, you know. Oh, that's uh, Abby Cadabby or something like that. Hey, something like that. Yeah, there you something go. like that. Sure. Yeah, my my daughter is like absolutely not. My son, I'm like, good, good. You've got you've got the good genes, man. He you likes the old school me. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I try to I try to get my daughter into uh, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> really? No. You know what she said to me, Daddy? This guy is too slow. <laughs> oh boy. And I was like, but that is the point. Right. That is the point. And shame on me for letting you watch trash. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, poor kids these days. <laughs> Dumbass shows. <laughs> wow. Well, you'll get it. Maybe you get her into that, Mr. Rogers, Maybe. eventually. Yeah. Well, now, now that my son watches Sesame Street, she's like, oh, this is cool. I'm like, oh, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> This is cool now. Yeah. Yeah. Your brother has no idea what's going on. There's a big talking bird, and he's just like, oh, there's, right. a ye- "There's some something yellow on the screen over right. here. It looks like a bird." He is and- not supposed to be appreciating that yet. Yeah, he she doesn't understand be. anything that's no. happening. She's like, "Oh my god, I love Big Bird." I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait who are you?" <laughs> right. What are you doing here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. You'll turn him around eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. All right. All right. So what else? Is anything else? No. Nah, uh, that's about I think it. that's it. All right. I think we good. So on that note, you can go to the fanboygarage.com and you can check out our episodes. You can check out our past episodes and of course our merch store where you can still, there you go, Aaron showing off the old school logo, old school uh, logo. on his uh, hoodie. Uh, and you can uh, get that and a lot of other things, including the one Star Wars inspired design that is still able to be on our site, the Sith design mm-hmm. for now. Uh, check that out. And uh, of course, you can join the conversation on the social medias. Aaron would love to interact with you and Bring it. talk about uh, Sesame Street and Mr. Rogers, <laughs> sourdough bread, Mandalorian, yeah. all that. My, bro- my brother stuff. got a huge kick out of the sourdough bread. He's like, oh, he texted me. He's like, oh, it's so cute. You gushing over sourdough yeah, bread, you jerk. Precious. So, <laughs> anyway, sense. you could do that on the social medias the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebooks at the Fanboy Garage. And of course, um, I I have a Twitter handle, kind of at Real CL Mighty. You guys can find me at banana underscore TFG. And you can find me at AA Ron Speaks. That is A underscore A underscore Ron Speaks. Thank you so much, as always, for listening to episode 121 of the Fanboy Garage. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. You're listening to the Fanboy Garage Podcast. 